we can just sit with our thoughts and participate in the lost art of conversation. The New England Unsettler is an audio journal of minor sabotage, fringe theory, deep ecology, radical, radical, radical politics, the unusual, and the underground, hyper-reality, it's produced by panopticon artists, for a freer, post-structuralist, thoroughly decentralized world. Greetings, Unsettlers. It is Communique 010. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm there. You were. Is it different from before? Yeah, you just aimed it slightly off. So I think I gotta be talking right about your work email. into the middle of the muff. The middle of the muff. Coming to you live from the middle of the muff. <laughs> The New England Unsettler. How's your week been, Athena? Uh, the one we're in right now, or the one, the one that just went away? Uh, I mean both. Have the last, have have the last seven days, approximately, since uh, we last spoke on air. Um. Uh. Well, let's see. Really, very intense work-wise. A lot of worky work to work on, work in. Uh, yeah. Um, but also, I spent a lot of time working on my own shit. Nice. And, um... Yeah, I saw you welding. Shaping some metal and, and, and making it stick together with other metal. I thought, so I saw the result of your welding, I should say. I didn't actually get to see you welding. It would be dope if you could. But your welding was, your welding was well done. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's really fun. It's also, like, pretty hard, <laughs> which I guess, you know, yeah. that's the thing about, like, things that people train to do for a long time. Well, you can get, like, the general thing. It's like how I am with sewing, right? Yeah, and it's, like, incredible because even at, like, a rudimentary level, you just, like, you need to just kind of basically get it together, and then it's, like, indestructible. Is it, like, hot glue? Mm. Or, like, solder? Like yeah, solder. it's more like solder. Yeah, there's especially if you're uh, if you're TIG welding, it's kind of like solder because you have to TIG feed. welding. Yeah. Named after your favorite comedian, comedian. <laughs> Tungsten Nataro. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to uh, feed in material. Mignomaro. <laughs> Would be the other type of welding. Just, just remembered uh, that great joke she has about someone misunderstanding her name and thinking it was pig. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh God. My name is. Pig. The pigs have been busy <laughs> recently. Have uh, they just? Um, always. I'm tired of it. I really am. Uh, well. How 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 was your personal week? Firstly? Oh my personal week. Yeah. Oh okay. You derail my segues every time I I try. For I'm sorry. I go I I get them out there and I start to roll them out and I um, say here's <laughs> the thing we're gonna talk about and you're just like I'm trying to be balanced. Wrenching the gears like a real anarchist. Um. <laughs> My personal week was pretty good, I guess. Uh, I've been working on a few projects myself. I'm going to learn to embroider soon so that I can do a project that I told my friend I would do for uh, his art show, and uh, which I haven't started even though I've known about it for about nine months. When is it? 
the opening is in uh, August, so I got to oh, be okay. Please, have we talked about the fact that I have a show in like yeah. just a few weeks? We have, but uh, now you Ugh. have postcards and stuff you can give to people. So I put them in the in the analog mail. I'll post about it um, because. Um, I mean, why not? I'll post about it. <laughs> post about it on theunsettler.org, so you can check that out. You can also Sick. email me if you want details. Theunsettler at riseup.net. Um, Segway away. I put work. I found an instrumental of work. All these instrumentals nice. are just like kids with audio software taking out the vocals and posting them on YouTube. But, Good on ya. But you know what? I appreciate it. This is uh, this is popular sourced content that's not being exploited sort of i guess the celebrities that made it are being exploited a little bit mm. a little bit mm. but not even really because since they're tagged they get paid uh through um boston free radio yeah so there you go so we get around it but i put on work i, I wanted to play it last episode because it was may day mm-hmm. and we were going to talk about labor but i didn't but here we are um what else? We got some callbacks from last last episode. Some um, things to address. Yeah. More more soda populism. <laughs> I like that. You know? Yeah. Um, so there was a, a mention today on Twitter um, of uh, Dew SA. It's a new Mountain Dew flavor oh, that's no, coming out. Really? It's going to be for the 4th of July. Um, but so this isn't the first Uh, time they've done a promotion and I know that because I went on, um, well, hold on. I went on two different things. I went on mountaindewkid.com, mtndewkid.com, uh, and the Mountain Dew Wiki page. What? These are things that exist. What's the thing? What is the deal with Mountain Dew Kid? All right. So the Mountain Dew Kid is a Mountain Dew fan and, um, he was posting about this. It's like a personal blog. Yeah. Okay. They tell me I'm crazy here because I love the Mountain Dew so much. I can't get enough of the Mountain Dew. Then he was posting about this, uh, like, right before Valentine's Day. Because it's very romantic. It's a romantic love letter from Mountain Dew to uh, the great nation uh, of the United States of America. I was sinking deep in sin, far from Mountain Dew. I had problems out within, nothing that I could do. But the Mountain Dew came to me, and I drank it all up. Now I'm happy as can be, oh Mountain Dew. And it's like the color of an anatomical heart. <laughs> Why is. does it look like that? I don't know. I don't know. But you look great drinking it with your purple lipstick today. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Fruit goth. Fruit goth. Uh, this flavor is a combination of, of Mountain Dew Code Red, Mountain Dew Whiteout, and Mountain Dew Voltage. Which are red, white, and blue in color, so that's why it's it's a weird purpley, like a pulsating purple. Um, so they did a Fourth of July promotion back in 2014 too, called Mountain Dew Red, White, and Blue, and that were those were combo packs of this thing. But now they've mixed it all together Gross. because uh, the only thing more American than a red, white, and blue soda is a combined red, white, and blue soda that is a bad idea that you could execute at home. Build as a way to celebrate your independence. Um, the comments on this blog post <laughs> I thought were really good um, uh, somebody wanted uh, to know whether this was just a mixed version of all rejected flavors 
and then said, Whiteout sucks, period. If you're located in South Jersey, you'll see the product sooner than the 4th of July. Keep your eyes peeled, said Inside Soda Girl. Does that mean she drinks <laughs> soda inside? Um, and then, so I was really confused by this. So this is the first thought that I had. Do SA sounds to me like DSA. So I thought that it could be like, it had crossover potential for the Democratic Socialists of America oh. to maybe like reverse co-op this. Um, what what I don't know do you think do the that. percentages of, of do DSA drinkers? Or, yeah, that are like soda drinkers? I mean, I think it's the most mainstream of the sort of socialist organization, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of brochurists that, that do the do. <laughs> um, but also that was po- posted by somebody whose username, chosen username was Kekistani. Huh. And uh, Kekistan, I don't know if you know this, is like it's part of the whole like Kek frog Pepe meme culture. Oh, no. Keke. So like this could be a far right winger, but celebrating the DSA, I really don't understand. But I don't understand a lot about... Uh, current meme culture and by a lot i mean that there's just so much that there are like dark foreboding characters within the internet that i don't want to uh shine any kind of light on because uh, i don't want to see the 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 like 14 year old like twitter users with like nazi anime avatars like scatter like roaches when i do um this person says it's fan freaking tastic. This person says, "How long will it be on store shelves? I'm going to Casper, Wyoming, Monday, May 1st, 2017, and I want to buy it at the Casper, Wyoming Walmart." We need a follow-up. I don't know. I, I mean, they said summer know. early, but I guess that's how they were celebrating May. Need to know if it worked out. It's been a week. Whoa. Well, maybe we can follow up later. Oh, by the way, in the background here, we have some. Uh, some music from our friends Thick Shakes is an instrumental from their set French Dip um it's louder than I planned that's cause oh, they're a loud band oh this is like legit legit also, oh what Mountain Dew Revolution um yeah this 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 URL yeah just pop that up on the I'm, wiki I am a, curious though back on Dew Kid like is his are his other platforms all Dew based like is it his Instagram just flavor blasted I mean I don't know what he's got for social media is the check thing. it out oh I'm sorry <laughs> I know how to Richard at Mountain Dew Ooh, he likes Pop-Tarts too uh, this, he's is, got this is like a snack Doritos dude. nacho cheese uh, cassette branded Very Bell yeah, I'm listening it looks like he branches out a little bit Th- Dew and things that go good with Dew uh, so just to wrap up on this Mountain Dew segment that we've introduced or the soda segment I guess that we've introduced I, I don't know the only similar gimmick flavors unfortunately are dark berry game fuel wild fruit game fuel electrifying berry game fuel berry lime diet ultraviolet diet flare arctic burst blue shock freeze and thin ice freeze so you're just gonna have to wait if you want to taste that revolution thing you only have like six or seven other gimmick flavors that they put up diet ultraviolet sorry about that Mountain Dew. Um, what else in the news and bullshit? Uh, Pepe is dead. Pepe. R.I.P. Speaking of Pepe. R.I.P. Matt Fury, uh, who uh, put out the comic Boys Club where Pepe the Frog first appeared. Yeah. And uh, we we both fell in love with Pepe. Yeah, man. Like 2005. Just feels good, man. Feels good, man. Feels good, man. Sometimes you gamble and lose. Yeah, we had some favorite uh, comic strips, but 
Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the Pepe the Frog was co-opted by the alt-right. And I don't know, maybe we'll have like a meme episode at some point. A meme-isode. Kamimike? Kamimike. There we go. Uh, but yeah, I, I got a couple a couple strips here that illustrate that um, Pepe actually knew that he was <gasps> a, uh, a stand-in for the, the far right. And um, and then the one from from just yesterday, I think it was, or maybe it was a couple days ago, I think mm. it was Free Comic Day, mm-hmm. um, where he actually showed the, the rest of the Boys Club folks um, at, uh, at Pepe's Wake. I was also... Uh, Interestingly enough, one of the one of the first places I saw his comic strip appear, other than his like books and zines, was in Arthur magazine, mm-hmm. which was one of my favorite magazines of all time. Um, which was kind of a culture counterculture magazine, uh, a lot of lefty politics and, yeah. and whatnot. So, um, <clears throat> so check out get some get some back issues of Arthur where you can. Also, Jay Babcock, who, Babcock who ran Arthur, has um, a new uh, newsletter. Yeah, newsletter. I didn't. I don't want to get too, too excited, but it's great to, like, see content from him again. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, uh, so Matt Fury tried to uh, save Pepe. There was, like, a save Pepe um, movement that tried to post memes with him being peaceful and stonery and posy. Um, and it, unfortunately, didn't work, basically. Uh, the writer of... Kill All Normies, Online Culture Wars from 4chan and Tumblr to Trump and the Alt-Right, which is a book. Um, Her name's Angela Nagel. She wrote that it was misguided to try to revive this character and that he really had no control. But can you imagine creating something that ends up being put on a list of hate symbols and called out by... So fully co-opted. Like a presidential candidate as a symbol of hate. Yeah, like something pretty innocuous. (laughs) Yeah, she says she thought it was a a dead end, and uh, one of the ways that the alt-right resisted easy interpretation was through the kind of subcultural elitism and vague, ironic, in-jokey tone that Pepe represents well. But that's just postmodernism. Yeah. In general. Um, and she says the idea is that, you know, you can't, you know, critics of the alt-right try to outdo them at their own game by trolling the trolls, and that should be rejected in its entirety and not reclaimed that there are wonderful ideals for us to reclaim, like beauty, utopianism, intersectional or internationalism, what? let them have their tedious nihilistic juvenile symbols. I say, why not both? Right. Let's make memes. Let's seize the memes of production, as they say. And let's also embrace beauty, utopianism, and internationalism. You know? I'm with you. You with me? Yeah. Cool. But yeah, taken taken without uh, Matt Fury's consent. Uh, Matt Fury is a, a, a sort of a lefty guy as well. And his peaceful frog dude was unfortunately uh, turned into a symbol of hate. He was actually f- trying to rehabilitate it. Pepe as a symbol uh, was... Um, Oh, it's the Anti-Defamation League. Actually, class it. Class. Oh, okay, yeah. Pepe as a hate symbol. Right. That's extreme. Yeah. That's extreme. Um, <clears throat> I almost asked whether there had been any kind of response to Pepe's death, but... Uh, it, like, just happened. Like, just happened. And <laughs> there's certain people whose reaction I don't care about. Yeah? Yeah. Who? I mean, those who would... Oh, they all right? Yeah, who would co-opt him. Who cares? (laughs) 
Uh, speaking of the alt-right and the alt-light, um, there is a event, a rally, happening. It's happening May 13th um, in the city of Boston, but there are, I think, other events probably around uh, the country as well. Uh, May 13th at 12 p.m. noon in Boston Common. Uh, supposedly there's going to be a uh, some sort of rally or event put on by folks who are you know want to quote unquote defend free speech um, you know which we all know at this point is often a, a dog whistle for defending hate speech and so North Shore Antifa and uh, a couple other groups um, that are a little bit more I guess I don't want to say mainstream, but less less scary to the average uh, kind of liberal lefty um, are encouraging folks to turn out. And we'll post a link to this, but it, I think it I think it starts. The organizing is at Encuentro Five, but then also there's a rally in March in Boston that's being billed as free speech rally, and on the website it invites neo Nazis to the demonstration, advising their side to dress like quote unquote normies. Their plans to rally in March on the Freedom Trail etc etc so this is something that we'll continue to to post um information about uh the dsa and the iso have both signed on um antifa as i said is is going to be out um you know we don't encourage people to engage with these quote-unquote uh pro free speech protesters because you know they've been violent if you've seen the news about berkeley you know that but um but yeah show your support for all people and for your neighbors. I doubt they'll gain much traction in Boston, to be honest. This isn't really a place where they tend to do well when they gather. Most of the time, they don't even show up. Yeah. There was that Roosh V thing with a bunch of uh, conservative dudes. It's oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the kind of, you know, quote-unquote yeah. pickup artist. From that, what is it, King of Kings? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and, and I think that just didn't even end up happening. So, yeah, Boston's pretty good at, at scaring those folks away. Um, what else? May Day, last week. There were some follow-ups to that. In Paris... Um, yeah, I mean, there was action around here, too. Uh, Paris put us to shame. I mean, Europe in general put us to shame. Uh, Parisian... Um, lefties were throwing Molotov cocktails at the cops and ended up setting three of them on fire. So there's that. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than out here. The action is a little more actionable. Yeah, it's true. Um, but then meanwhile in the States, um, the police officers that murdered Alton Sterling uh, apparently will go free, we found out Tuesday. Um, the decision was made, as uh, the New York Times reports, uh, under the Trump administration, obviously, but uh, with the Trump administration under scrutiny as to how it's going to handle prosecutions in some of those police shootings that have happened during the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the first kind of high-profile case of several that Jeff Sessions is going to be in office for, in his position for, 
including um, including the case uh, around the death of Eric Garner uh, and uh, 12-year-old Tamir Rice. So it doesn't bode well for people looking for justice through the system. Um, and uh, and by the way, I should say that while I'm opposed to uh, most aspects of the criminal justice system, um, I think it's important, um, even if it's uh, largely symbolic, to see these uh, officers charged with murder. I think it's the, basically the least that the system can do. Yeah. I think stopping uh, police from killing uh, young black people, young black men, um, is obviously the the goal, and I think we should defend our communities however we can. But uh, you know, this is something that it's it's really a slap in the face yeah. to um, to everyone, but uh, to the immediate families of uh, these folks who were killed. Uh, that said, um, while those two police officers went free after murdering a man who is unarmed and pinned to the ground, by the way. Uh, there's a woman that's facing a year in prison for laughing at Jeff Sessions. So, obviously, I know about this, but what is the actual, uh, what are they actually, like, charging her with? She laughed during, uh, the confirmation hearing of Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Uh, she was found guilty of, um, I think disorderly conduct, uh, basically, uh, she was one of a few protesters from Code Pink, a women's rights activist organization that was in the hearing. Um, and her her method of dissent, I guess, was that she laughed when um, someone said something about the fact uh, that he had, I guess, a good session on, or a good session, a good uh, history, a good record on um, equal rights. Um and she thought that it was her responsibility as a citizen to dissent in whatever way she could uh, because he's professed anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ policies. He's voted against several civil rights measures. He jokes about the white supremacist terrorist group Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> they refer to concentration camps as Holocaust centers. I think that was Sean Spicer, wasn't oh, it? Oh, maybe that was Spicer. But it could have been Sessions. <laughs> I don't know. At this point, I think all those talking heads are like largely interchangeable. Um, so... Yeah, I guess she faces up to a year in prison for uh, her conduct during this hearing, which is scary. No? It's unspeakably bad. Unspeakably bad. <laughs> Unlaughably bad. Unlaughably bad. Um, I'm kind of all over the place today. I apologize. You know what? I don't apologize. I'm, I don't think that anyone could fault you on any given week. For not knowing where to focus your ast astound astonishment. Astonishment. At, in terms of calls to action, so there is a hearing tomorrow, Boston City Hall, 1 City Hall Square, in room 801, uh, and there'll be more info at a link that I'll post on the blog. Um, it's a hearing where they'd like to have a bunch of people in attendance. Um, and if you're not able to be there, I understand why. It's going to be at 10.30 a.m., so it's not the best timing for folks who work during the week. But if you can't make it, if you could call or email the Zoning Board of Appeals, that would be great. What we're trying to do is express disapproval of the current proposed development plan at 3353 Washington Street in Boston. So this is J.P. Rock's area. Mordecai Levin is the developer. 
Um, it doesn't meet the development, doesn't meet Plan JP Rocks guidelines for affordability. It didn't even meet the interim guidelines that existed when it was approved by the BPDA last year, late last year in December. Um, but it does take advantage of higher height limits in Plan JP Rocks, and it requests multiple variances, and yet it's doing nothing for affordability, or affordable housing rather, for the community. It's not doing anything for the community in general. 500 plus people have signed a petition requesting higher affordability in this project. These are these include folks who will be direct neighbors of the developed housing. So if you can get in touch with the Zoning Board of Appeals, uh, you can email them at matthew.fitzgerald.boston.gov or stephanie.haines at boston.gov. We'll put those on the blog. You can also call them at 617-635-4775 and let them know uh, that you don't approve of this. These are the little things that I think, as far as libertarian municipalism goes, sort of Bookchin's uh, term for uh, working at the smallest levels of mm -hmm. government and using them as sort of a stand-in for community governance, uh, if I understand it right. Um, that I think this is where we really need to dig in yeah. on some of these issues. You don't have to run for anything. You don't even really have to support an elected official. You just have to yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of yelling at people, uh, if you're in Somerville, where we are broadcasting from now, even though we're at Boston Free Radio, it's a little weird, right? I never totally understood that, to be Somerville honest. Somerville Community Media featuring Boston Free Radio. At any rate, May 11th, Coming up, coming up, coming up is the day of deluge in Somerville, according to hashtag home movement. Some folks who are trying to get f people in Somerville, Somerville residents if possible, but outside of the city as well, to call Mayor Joe Curtatone and post to his Facebook. Ask him for his position on the waiver requested by Federal Realty. Frit. F-R-I-T, Frit is a large developer they want an exemption waiver from they, having to build they want less affordable housing 20 percent of their units is affordable housing they said 20 percent no how about 12.5 what's 0.5 percent of their housing you think they must not have an easy, even number of uh units in that if they get their waiver we'll lose 37 units of affordable of affordable housing for somerville families um and meanwhile uh this billion dollar develop developer will sort of set a precedent for not playing by the city's rules right and unfortunately uh so this is being decided by a planning board the planning board is sort of in thrall to mayor curtitone and he hasn't said anything and he hasn't said anything largely for the reasons that i think a lot of politicians don't say anything to developers because development is a boon for politicians even if it steamrolls uh, you know, their supposed values of, or, you know, their nascent uh, projects for affordable housing, it allows them to show progress, quote unquote, yeah, under their reign. And he's got aspirations beyond he's got this dense little city. Aspirations. Um, dead aspirations. But, like, that's, that's not a cool position to take. <laughs> Because it is a position. Yeah, and so, I mean, I would go as far as to say, don't just ask him what his position is. Tell him to speak up and tell the planning board not to knock down the amount of affordable housing in these builds 
or this build, this development, from 20% to 12.5%. That's a huge decrease, 37 units. Everybody knows how gentrification works. These are the situations where you can actually push for um, you know, mixed income housing, more affordable housing, trying to keep people where they're at, trying to keep benefits coming in to folks who are maybe struggling with keeping their housing. Um, and organizations like, you know, City Life, um, Vida Urbana, and uh, other nonprofits and kind of collectives of people who are, who are fighting to keep residents in their neighborhoods as they become gentrified, um, you know, that's where kind of the resistance, not to use a, a, a phrase that's been well-worn at this point, mm -hmm. um, but that's where it's at, you know? So call Annoy Joe. Just get on Facebook. Joe. He's super active there. Joe. Just. He loves like, social media. He loves, he loves being anti-Trump. That's what he loves. And everyone loves being anti-Trump. Yeah. The thing that, that's the feel-good hit of the next four years. We need more than that. Start pushing left, you know? Um, what else happened? You were interviewed this week. I was interviewed this week. I was yeah. interviewed for sort of a 101 on anarchism with uh, Feminist Killjoy's PhD, uh, a favorite podcast of ours. Um, Rachel uh, from Feminist Killjoy's PhD was on our cast. Um, it was three, I believe. So yeah, and uh, I had a really good time and uh, uh, Rachel and Mel and I talked about anarchism in general. They put some questions to me about how how to be an anarchist, so to speak, in under late stage capitalism, which is arguably what we're living under. And uh, I had a good time chatting with them, and uh, I would advise you to listen to it. It'll be up tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Monday, if you're listening to this live. Uh, it'll be up tomorrow, Tuesday, May 9th. Check them out. We'll put a link to them on the blog. Uh, speaking of late capitalism, the phrase has been everywhere. Does it mean anything? Does it matter whether it means anything mm -hmm. or not? Uh, the Atlantic wrote a piece on uh, why the phrase late-stage capitalism or late capitalism has been everywhere. Um, folks didn't seem to really have a good idea when asked where they had maybe heard it. Um, turns out it wasn't Marx himself, although that was a lot of folks' answer. Uh, it was actually uh, a Marxist thinker, and then a series of Marxist thinkers sort of expanded um, on the term. So does it mean anything? I mean, yes and no. So for so it, what's uh, what's also interesting about this piece in the Atlantic by Annie Lowry, by the way. Uh, is that it has links to a lot of things that we've either talked about or w I was like, what? I want to talk about that. It was uh, the Wi-Fi connected $400 juicer that does no better than human hands. You remember oh, yeah, talking remember about that. the Juicero, Kendall <laughs> Jenner, uh, United Airlines. Did we talk about uh, David Dow getting pulled off of a plane? I don't I don't think that we, we did. did. That would have been like... Sometimes there's just too much horror in the world to pack it into one hour-long segment yeah that was really intense uh, and that's why you need the internet no no one needs the internet united airlines forcible remover okay and fire festival yeah we talked about fire festival yeah. and then at the end she has more uh, another list 
about you know what it is. Uh, it's Nordstrom selling jeans with fake mud on them for $425. Prisoner's phone calls costing $14 a minute. Starbucks forcing baristas to write Come Together on Cups due to the fiscal cliff showdown. <laughs> the gig economy uh, with investors showering cash on platforms to create cheap services for the rich and lazy and no benefit jobs for the eager and poor. Terrible, terrible. I feel like the show gets so depressing sometimes, and I don't, I don't want to be that way. But... <laughs> At the same time, these are just the situations that we're we're living in. And that's why we make a lot of inappropriate jokes. Um, but anyway, uh, it's sort of a catch-all phrase, she says, for the indignities and absurdities of our contemporary economy. Um, but initially, it was coined uh, perhaps by Werner Sombart, who is a German economist, sort of a Marxist thinker. And then Marxist thinker and activist Ernest Mandel popularized it a half century later. Um, it was originally referring to the end of World War II up until the 1970s, because that was when the rise of sort of these multinational corporations, mm-hmm. like kind of like this uh, global capitalism sort of happened, international finance, etc. And it wasn't uh, so much that things are getting so bad that the revolution was going to come, but rather that we can actually kind of finally see uh, all of the strings that are attached to everything and and maybe have an opportunity for um, more socialist-minded lefties to to exploit that um, Mm -hmm. and gain people's, um, you know, capture people's hearts and minds. Uh, But then Theodore Adorno said that capitalism might lead not to socialism but away from it by blunting the proletariat's potential for revolution. I think that's probably more accurate. Yeah. When I see it used, it's usually in reference to some depressing ass shit about capitalism that, you know, it's a it's a pejorative term, yeah. but you need to convince everybody that's a pejorative term. Like, this isn't cool. Like, no, it's not cool right. that, that right. Uber drivers make like their own schedule. Because what it means is they just constantly have to hustle for, like, no money and, like, not good benefits. Right. Um... But yeah, there was an essay and a book in eighty four and ninety one, respectively, um, by uh, someone from Duke University at the time, Frederick Jameson or Friedrich Jameson, uh, called "Postmodernism or the Cultural Logic of Late Capitalism," talking about the rise of postmodernist culture and art. This sort of, to me, it just all feeds into the same thing with memes and the alt right. It's all we're fighting on on new battlegrounds. There's a lot of platforms. A lot of platforms. Um, but anyway, the, the thrust of this article is that uh, it, it's always meant different things depending on who was using it. Uh, some Bart's late capitalism differed from Mandel's, differed from Adorno's, differed from Jameson's. Um, and uh, there's a, a pretty good uh, quote uh, from this, this person, uh, Konzal, uh, who says that late capitalism often seems more like the latest in capitalism. <laughs> yeah, so I can do, see that. It does mean something. It just doesn't mean the same thing. Not all the time. Not to all the same people. Yeah. I mean, what does it mean to you? Um, I don't know. I guess it feels... I mean, it feels like a, like a big, terrible... Like a big turd? Like a big, <laughs> terrible behemoth that's sort of, like, sputtering along. And, you know, the, like, potential... Is that your knuckle? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just anxiously cracking my hands apart. Um, the impact of something like that, like, you know, potentially actually falling apart would be uh, massive and probably terrible in some ways, but it feels like maybe an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that's a, uh, a bad read at all. I think that's pretty, pretty dang accurate. 
Um, like oh my I, God. Thick yeah. Shakes coming in again. I was like, what's so loud? Um, so that's our friend Thick Shakes. We've also heard uh, today, uh, shout out and thank you to Horsewind, Chris, thank you. Uh, Beware the Dangers of a Ghost Scorpion, thank you to Evan and Co. Magic Landing, Ross, my friend Ross from uh, Texas, El Paso, right across the border. Cool, weird little town, El Paso. Um, but yeah, got a lot of new music uh, thanks to those folks. Thanks, um, yeah, check out uh, some of those bands and artists. We'll put links on the blog. Uh, we haven't talked to you about uh, the French election at all. We haven't. I mean, that's extremely new news. So Emmanuel Macron uh, became the French president. Uh, Emmanuel Macron, of course, is a type of delicious treat that you can buy at a patisserie in France. Also a, uh, a centrist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a good thing that Macron won overall because his rival, Marine Le Pen, uh, is with the National Front, mm-hmm. which is a proto-fascist. Mm-hmm. All out fascist, like straight up. Like I don't know if she defines herself as a fascist, but it's a fascist organization. Yeah, so um, it's a fascist party, uh, far right. Um, the thing about France's system, so it's, it's a parliamentary system. So we still have to see what happens with the parliament because otherwise Macron may be Macron's a neo- neoliberal, but his vision of France uh, sort of um, like maybe Hillary or maybe more like Bernie would have is going to probably stay the course Mm -hmm. in some ways if he's able to do what he wants to do. And that's going to be largely determined by whether or not parliament is uh, in his favor. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also many more viable parties in France than there are in the U.S. because they don't have a first-past-the-post system. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, you know... People will get 15, 20% of the vote. You never see that in the US. You see almost 50, almost, almost 50, 50, and then like, time. you know, under 1% or something, yeah. like 0.05%. Um, so I guess congratulations to neoliberalism for still kicking along and not subjecting us to Le Pen. There was a huge abstention rate, by the way. Yeah. I don't have the figures in front of me, but yeah, it's just a ton of people just didn't vote. A ton of people who were interviewed about voting for Macron were like, I don't fucking care about this guy. I just don't want Le Pen. Yeah, which is fine. And I mean, we sort of have, to have talked about this before. We're like, and especially this particular election, a throwaway vote was like, even if, even if it was in an effort to keep in line with your own ideals, like potentially a dangerous move. So I can respect that people would be like, I don't, it's just, yeah. just can't be this way. I mean, I'll never, <sighs> I'm never going to shit on somebody who doesn't vote out of principle, but I will make my position on that heard. And my position on that is if you've got the tool in your toolbox, and it's a big deal vote, then go for it. Yeah. I think probably my favorite takeaway that I saw today was uh, our dear, wonderful friend Farhad asking if we were going to call them Antifa fries now. Yeah, and we should. <laughs> oh, God, I could go for some Antifa fries. I can't wait to get, like, fully Antifa kissed. Oh, yeah. For the very first time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, for breakfast tomorrow, do you want Antifa toast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, 
An Antifa bulldog would be really fucking cool. <laughs> Those definitely exist. And Antifa bread is already a thing because we conquested <laughs> that dang old bread. French fries and French dressing and French bread. <laughs> um, Santa says the movies are free now. <laughs> Uh, what else? There was other stuff I wanted to talk about. We're coming towards the end here, though. I'm trying to remember what some of that stuff was. There were other things. Oh, I was going to oh, talk about healthcare. how... <laughs> we oh, have God. seven minutes to cover the fucking abysmal state of healthcare. Well, the abysmal Sorry, state of healthcare is that the state of healthcare everybody. <laughs> may legitimately be abysmal after um, the House or after the Senate votes. Yeah, As of right now, for anyone who has um, any pre-existing conditions of any sort, by anybody's definition. Yeah, uh, which if you're a woman, that's all of you, all of you women out there. Uh, I'm sorry that you, you had to deal with that this week. Hmm. So, for those that don't know, the House Republicans passed a health bill on May 4th. It was, it's terrible. It, uh, it's got a long list of pre-existing conditions that basically people. They'll technically be covered for them, I think, but it's like you have to pay out the ass. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. I don't, again, it's, I don't have figures in front of me, but um, we'll probably talk about it more in depth as we reach the Senate vote. Yeah, that's wise. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that that's why I didn't. <laughs> that's why I forgot to um, <clears throat> put good, uh, good notes in here on that. Um, also, yeah, I mean, just, I, I've been trying to keep up with the news, and it's just daunting. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to... You know, the Guardian Daily podcast on the news. I listen to Democracy Now! Even though the theme music sounds like a fire safety video for kids from 1992. <laughs> I always picture Amy Goodman as like an animated smoke detector with big like googly eyes. Cool if you see smoke, tell your parents. <laughs> and it could also be like a karaoke version of like an unreleased fishbone or like red hot chili pepper song as played by the kids bop house band it's really it's it's awful music but they do a, a pretty good job um yeah i i don't know i i can't keep up with it all i don't know you, you can probably tell that like reading about this stuff sort of melts your brain <laughs> so we're doing the best that we can to keep up with it all the important thing is is that we do have a few calls to action this time around um tomorrow is that boston city hall uh vote um it's in the or the final correct. hearing rather 10 a.m we'll put the information on it coming up on may 11th is the day of deluge to call joe Curtatoni and then may 13th call, right tweet is a sort of uh, counter-protest and counter-rallies and counter-organization against the quote-unquote free speech rally, which is being led uh, by a bunch of fucking Nazis. And, uh, and again, check the blog. We'll have everything up there. Theunsettler.org. Coming up on the end here, we've got uh, Victor coming in with Cruise Control next in the studio. Um, oh my god, I wanted to talk about this too. I wanted to talk about a lot of things. Yeah, I guess I just remembered that they basically like called off the search for that missing Supreme Court. Uh, uh, or the missing, uh, the missing judge. Missing judge, thank you. Yeah. Um, they're just like, it's probably Susan. Was it, the, did they call off the, um, 
like a, a search? Or did they call off the investigation? Investigation, I guess. Uh, uh, well, yeah. I don't. I don't really know enough about that to comment on it. I do know that the third Ferguson uh, activist um, so far has been found dead in a car from a single gunshot wound to the head uh, under somewhat mysterious circumstances. Uh, this world is crazy. This yeah. world is crazy. We've got three minutes left. Uh, sorry I took it in this direction. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. You know, I, I will say, here's the thing I can say. I read this article called 11 Things Every Anarchist Should Be Doing. It's on the fifth column news.com, uh, which is a glossy magazine that's been in print for a really, really long time. Really long-standing anarchist thing. I didn't agree with everything on it. But it was sort of uplifting in terms of how to teach, how to look out for others, uh, how to not be co-opted, counter-economics, force multiplying, uh, preparing for the worst. These are all the the subheadings, and I think it's worth a look, especially if you're depressed about the state of things. So uh, that's it for us. This has been the New England Unsettler um, with Elias. And Athena. And uh, we will come to you with uh, some good news next time, I think. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we'll try anyway, but uh, for now, sit back, listen to our outro, and then uh, listen to the smooth sounds of cruise control. Please. The Unsettler at riseup.net, theunsettler.org. More on everything that we talked about, uplifting ways to get involved, actions, calls to action stuff that athena and i are doing that might make you feel good who knows trying all right stay free y'all bye